Father God, I thank you for Chip. I thank you, Lord, for the man of God that you are creating him and have created him to be God. I thank you that he's a leader. He's a communicator, Father. He has got a, He really does remind me of a man after your own heart, just like David. And he meditates on your scriptures. He seeks your heart, God. He desires to... Um, he desires to bring forth a message that's completely from your heart, God. So I pray that you would anoint him tonight, that he would be sensitive to your leading, God. I pray that um, the gift of prophecy would work in him strongly, Lord, and that you would continue to bring him to where you want him to be, that no door would be closed against him that is a door of destiny for him, God, and that this year of 2019 would be a year of breakthrough and going to the higher place, God. So I just bless him, and I thank you for the message that he has um, for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue in prayer, so please just, just continue with me, dialoguing with our great Father, Jesus, and the Spirit. Uh, Lord, I, I lift up these people in this room to you and, and pray that they would hear your voice clearly tonight. This is, this is all about you. You alone are good. You alone deserve our attention. You alone deserve uh, the, the praises that we have to give to you. And we, we just groan for you, Lord. We've, we've tasted and we've seen how good you are. We groan for more. We groan with all of creation. And I, I just felt as I was, it was interesting because Paula, in back there we were praying and Paula said, you know, I just was just praying that God would release the gift of prophecy. And I forget at times that God actually speaks through me, let, that we actually can listen to the voice of God, and then, and then pass his words on to others. I've done it so much, as some of you know, but I still forget. You know, the enemy really can, can cloud out that truth. And so I was, as I was worshiping, I, I just, just felt the Lord calling us to groan. If you've never groaned, like, with, with the depths of your heart, the depths of your soul for more of the Lord, I, I encourage you to, to make a point this week to really do that to really thirst for what only he can give you. I believe everybody here on a Saturday night has tasted God's goodness at some point in, in, in some way and probably hundreds of, of times, if not thousands of times. Don't grow weary of thirsting for him. And so we just, we just thirst and groan for you, Lord God. We can't get enough. We can't get enough. We want more. We love you. We love you so much. We want to love you more. Give us deeper understanding of, of your love for us, your calling in our lives. That we truly would be about one thing. Intimacy with you. Staying in your presence. Being filled with you. Rejoicing in you and what you've done. Oh, that we'd wake up in the morning excited, so excited to walk with you.
that as we lay our heads down on our pillows, that we would just thank you for what you've done. Even the hardships, Lord, that we endure, we'd consider them discipline from you, Father. The discipline that draws us into deeper understanding of your love and of the power that you've given us to minister your truth to the lost, to the broken, to your family. Hallelujah. So Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I don't mind at all if you just open up your Bible and, and just meditate on these verses until you hear me stop talking. Um, I actually found out that I was preaching uh, probably three weeks ago. And, and God immediately gave me this verse, these verses. And so I've been meditating on these more than usual in terms of the message. Uh, and, and it's just never ending. Never ending the wisdom that God desires to give us. And, and the filling as we really meditate on the specific words in the Bible. Um, and, and what God intends for us personally. In terms of developing us and maturing us but then also in regards to how we're called in that maturity to actually minister that same life that we've received as we've meditated on his word to give to others, to set them free. Amen? Amen? So ultimately, as we grow more and more intimate with the Lord and, and are meditating on his word day and night and are listening to him and, 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 and thirsting for him, he's filling us so that we actually pour that out into others around us. So whenever you feel dry, stop. Stop wherever you're at. If you, if you, and one of the big things that I felt like the Lord really wanted to encourage us in is this understanding of his peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, he has given us his peace. He has brought us peace with the Father. That peace that he gives to us, he gives to us all the time. When we don't have that peace that we've experienced, stop. What is he doing? What is he trying to do in us and what, what may he be trying to do through us? Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So when you hear, therefore, it usually means that there's something that was preceding it, and that's why it's there. So you probably heard that before, eh, Paula, in seminary. They, they, they talk about that a lot, but it's true. So the, the, the um, context of what Paul is saying here is... In the context of him being in prison, obviously, but it's in the context of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. So why is he mentioning this imprisonment, and why is he going into this walking in a manner worthy? Well, he, he, the backdrop is this. For this, and this is verse 14 in chapter 3, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And then he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. And, you know, as, as we meditate on the word, um, I highly encourage you to, to really go online and look at these different words. So in chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, I, a prisoner for the Lord. But as you look into the words, prisoner, the the word actually is, uh, or sorry, for, for the Lord, in, ver- in chapter 3, it's considered a genitive. And in terms of the possessiveness of the Lord. So if you meditate on being a prisoner for the Lord, that, that it's not a bad thing. We can consider ourselves slaves to the Lord. We can consider ourselves servants, bond servants. So people that were slaves, when they came out of slavery, they, they sometimes wanted to be under the, the auspices of the, of the person that was the slave owner. And so they would say, can I become your bond servant, basically? And they would hammer their, you know, you might have heard this before, they put their, their, their ear to the all and, and have basically a piercing. They become a bond servant. We're friends of Christ as well. We're brothers and sisters of Christ as well, right? We're children of, of the Father. But God puts us in those different positions in his family so that we would understand them in a deeper way. So it's okay to consider yourself a prisoner for the Lord. We want to be prisoners of the Lord, don't we? I do, right? It's a good thing because God is a good master. And he will take care of us. But in chapter 4, it's, it's not. It's a dative. That word is a dative. Um, and and it's, it's basically a, a, a place of location. So I think the better translation for, for verse uh, one is I there for a prisoner in the Lord. Okay? So in the Greek, the word for is a word commonly translated in, on, at, with, by, among. And this is an eye-opener to me to understand that actually that word, you could put in those words and be, it, it be perfectly legitimate. So you have to decide based on the context what fits best in, that, in this location. So in the Berean Bible, it's actually is translated in the Lord. I, a prisoner in the Lord. So, so what? And I felt like the Lord, as I pressed into this, you know, I studied a lot on this, and, and the Lord wanted us to get, wants me to get to the point a little quicker. So, so what's the point of that? When we're in the Lord, we're in his family, we're walking in him, what does that mean? Well, I believe that God constantly desires to fill us with him, himself. He constantly desires us to be walking in his presence, in his authority, in his comfort, in his care, in his joy. So we're constantly walking in the Lord. So when hardship comes our way, even though it may be brought upon us by someone else, like Paul was obviously put in prison by, by you know, evil authorities, he understood it though in a, in a depth that we need to get to. When hardship comes our way, that it actually is something ordained by God. That he's a prisoner of these humans but he's a prisoner of these humans in the Lord. He's able to write these letters because he's in prison that we have now. 
So whatever the hardship you're facing, ask yourself the question, is this because I am in the Lord? If that's the case, right, we can rejoice. We can say, wow, God, what are you going to do through this? We have an expectation. We have a hope regardless. And I, I know some of you out there in the hardships that you're enduring right now. As you're in these hardships, if you're in the Lord, rejoice. He's got an awesome plan for you. It's not something that I say flippantly either because I know sometimes hardships can be, you know, to a place of deep anguish. But in those places of anguish, remember that you're in the Lord, that he is there with you, that he is in you. As I've pressed into the Lord many times on why I can't hear him as much as I'd like to, he has spoken to me repeatedly. I am closer than you know. I am closer than you know. And I know I never grow weary of hearing that. There are times when I go for the, you know, before the Lord, hundreds of times I've said, Lord, I'd love to hear your voice right now. And he says, I love you. And I say, I've heard that before. And you've, you've heard me before. If you've heard me preach here, you might have heard me say that before as well. I hear him say, I love you. And there are times I'm like, okay, I've heard that before. Get, give me something more important. He's like, there's nothing more important than that. And so you slow yourself down to, the, to really embrace. And that's why I really do believe the Lord wants us to meditate on his word. Not only on the biblical word that we were given in the book, but also the word that he gives us personally as we sit with him and we listen to what he has to say to us. And as I pressed in and said, oh, I just want to hear you more clearly. God says, I'm, I'm actually closer than you know. Trust that I'm in you. Trust that I'm in your thoughts. Allow me to penetrate to the place where you understand the truth of the word, that I am in you, that I'm filling you, that we are not divided in any way. We are one. Hallelujah. If you're sitting there and you're in hardship and you're like, uh, this is not something that is because I've been in the Lord. It's something because of sin, which is a reality too. Repent. Don't stay in the place of denial. Look at your life and say, well, you know what? I, I actually tried to get on some 38s today and pants-wise, and they were a little too small. And I'm like, what? Because I used to fit into 34s and now 30. Now. And I'm like, is this, am I in the Lord now? Am I in this because of, of being in you, and the Lord's like, no, it's because you ate too many cookies. And, and it's, but praise God, thank you for your prayers. I'm actually, I'm actually doing a lot better in terms of that. Like, I really feel victory in my eating habits. Some of you who've been here know that I struggle with gluttony, and God has given me victory. But for you guys, if you're in hardship or not in hardship, it's a consistent question we need to ask ourselves. Are we currently in the Lord? Are we in his word? Are we in the truth? Are we living in him? And if we're not, it's, it's that small step to turn. He's right there. Turn from that sin, repent, and get into the presence of God. So an ongoing challenge in our lives that God puts before us is to consistently ask him, are we doing this in you, Lord? He urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. What does that mean? That word urge 
is synonymous with exhortation, encouragement, beseeching, entreating, begging. There's a sense of urgency to Paul's encouragement to us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. So the first, basically the first three chapters of Ephesians is all about how awesome God is, how awesome Jesus is, how amazing we have it because of what he's done for us, the promises that we have for eternity. And then starting in chapter four, Paul just starts to now put it before us. What does it mean to walk worthy of this calling as children of God? And he's urging us. He's saying, you guys, ponder this calling that you have in your life. Because when you actually embrace it, you'll start to walk differently than the world in a manner worthy of the calling. So it's vital that we understand what the calling is. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18a and 19, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? What is his calling? His calling is eternal glory with him. His calling is to be filled with his power. Ephesians chapter 3. Again, I'm going I'm to restate this, but right before this verse in, in, in chapter 4, verse 1, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We're called into his family. We are called to be a family. I love this church because we eat dinner after this. I love food, yes. But, but the reality of sitting with you people, you amazing people, Truly. I mean, that's a high calling. That is a great calling that God has given us. We are family. When we actually understand that, you know, and it's not, it's not apropos in ways, you know, to talk about Juliana in ways because of her sister and the love that she's had. Like, that's, that's family. And, and when we love somebody deeply, we actually want to walk in a manner worthy of that love. And so, we should look at each other like that. As we're called to this great family here, but for eternity, how are we building each other up? How are we blessing each other? You know, Tim, Tim um, Dietz called me up on Wednesday, and he's like, I've just got a word from the Lord for you. And I, and I, I had a lot going on, but I'm not going to make excuses. I didn't call him. So then I texted him today right before I saw him, and he said, um, I said, Tim, I'm sorry I didn't call you back. And he said, just come over here. And he just, he just built me up and encouraged me. I mean, that's a man of God that loves his brother, that is actually praying for me outside of the body, outside of the church, saying, what, what do you have? Chip's struggling with this situation. What do you have for him through me? And he's able to build me up and spur me on. Praise God. That's a high calling, right? Walk in a manner worthy of that calling of the family of God, the eternal family of God. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. The calling is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How awesome is it that we actually have the God of the universe that raised Jesus from the dead living in us? That's a high calling. Are we walking in a manner worthy of the filling of the Holy Spirit? It's exciting. Uh, you may be convicted, but I really, you know, as I meditate on this more, it's just more this excitement. Like, this is a great calling. Like, this is a great thing we got going here, right, Lord? I mean, it's, it's an awesome, awesome calling. We, that we know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. 
that we'd know the immeasurable greatness of his power to us, that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Meditate on your calling. If you're looking at me and you're like, you're nuts. I don't know where you're getting this joy. I don't know. I don't understand this. Take time to meditate on God's calling on your specific, your personal life. It doesn't matter what hardship you're going through or how hopeless you feel right now. The more you meditate on the glory that awaits you, the more you meditate on the reality of his desire to fill you with all the fruit of the Spirit, the more you're going to be transformed and live in that glory no matter what you're going through. I told Paula as we were praying too, I'm like, I struggle with this because I'm more of like the Paul who preached to the people, you know, and that dude fell out of the window. And they're like, oh, this is taking a return for the worst, but let's raise him from the dead. So they raised him from the dead and continued. And then he just continued. He wasn't like, is anybody else tired? <laughs> He's like, he just continued to preach it. Um, so I've got about seven minutes, just so you know. So um, the other thing that I really felt the Lord wanted us to understand is the depth of of humility we should have. So the world says that we should rise up above others, that we should have more money, more power, etc. Where God's kingdom works this way, the more we humble ourselves, the more we understand how lowly we are in light of God's glory, the better off we're at. So I, I, I talked to Hannah a lot about listening to the Lord because she struggles with that. And I, I, I just had this illustration. It's a very simple illustration. I said, you know, if you have a, she has a three-year-old sister. And I just said, you know, like if you're a father of a three-year-old, like the three-year-old looks at the father and is like, I need your guidance. I, I want to, and I know all of you, you know, probably like, well, not, not many three-year-olds do that. But g- bear with me on this. A, a three-year-old who understands how limited their mindset is or how, how much they don't know they're, they're going to trust their father to guide them, or mother to guide them. And so in humility, the three-year-old, and the three-year-old is us, we look to the father God, and we say, we don't know anything. We don't know the future. We don't understand what you're going to do with our lives. So we desperately, deeply desire for your will to be done in our lives. And as we humble ourselves in understanding that, God is able to exalt us. He's actually able to rise us up and give us wisdom in every area of our lives. But it's vital that we actually stay in that place of humility and lowliness. It's, another synonym was a, is a deep sense of one's littleness, moral littleness. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing of worth. Only God is good. Our, our acts are like filthy rags to a holy God. Right? When we understand how dependent we are on God, it, it gives us freedom. It gives us peace. It actually will encourage us. Instead of what the world says of like, oh, you wouldn't feel lowly? Like you're going to consider others more significant than yourself? That's what God commands of us. In our humility, he actually calls us to look at others and consider them more important than us. When we know God obviously is looking at all of us with the same love, his mindset, though, is for all of us to actually say, because I'm so loved by God, I'm going to consider Chris more important than myself. Like, again, back to Tim. I'm going to consider Chip in this moment more important. He could have watched, be watching a game, or he could have been doing whatever he wanted to do with his time. But he was considering more, himself more significant. So that's took the time. When we pray for others, we're doing that. 
in the Lord, we are set. He's got it all under control. Humble yourself under his mighty hand. Humble yourself. The word that preceded that is all. It intensifies the adjectives, humility and gentleness. So in, in verse 4, you know, um, sorry, chapter 4, verse 1, with, uh, sorry, in, in verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. God's calling us to have deep humility. This, this one we cannot revisit enough. So easy to rise up into this place of self-dependence or in, in de- de- desire to serve, I'm sorry, to please others. He's called us into a place of understanding of who he is in comparison to us. And in that place of, of thanksgiving, of joy, that he's a good father that loves us, sent his son to die for us, we get filled with him, and it enables us to be humble with others and to consider them more significant than ourselves. And in that place of humility with others, we're gentle with them. We're long-suffering. And I'll end with this, that he's called us into gentleness. Patience is, is one translation, but I think the better translation, again, is long-suffering. That we'd be long-suffering with people around us. Bearing with one another in love. As we have the peace of God, we're able to humble ourselves before the Lord on behalf of others. The rest of chapter 4 talks about our call in the church to be a part of the body, to build each other up, to consider us one body. So as we're filled with the peace of God, understanding his calling in our lives as his children, we will be patient and long-suffering with those around us who are enduring, who are lost, who are hardened, who may be under the influence of the devil himself, or not the devil, but the, the demons, their flesh, their lies, the lies that they've embraced. Because our life in the Lord is not dependent upon them and what they're doing to us. Because we're in the Lord. We're prisoners in the Lord. And, and again, like I love how God twists things around where we think of being, we, we think of like, um, especially after the holidays, like you're, you're kind of a prisoner to the blood family that you have. Like you, you kind of have to go to Thanksgiving with them or you're, you know, you have to do things in certain ways. And so you could think of it in a negative sense of being a prisoner in the Lord to this family. You know, I know my, my housemate Tim right here, I'm sure there are times when he's like, really, God? I have to be a prisoner with Chip in this home? <laughs> but as we actually consider the Lord and we understand how great the calling is in our lives, right? Hardships being disciplined that he would grow us in our intimacy with him, we consider it joy. So, Lord, we just thank you for Bob and Janet being here. Yay! And uh, we thank you for this time with you. Oh, it's so good to, to talk about you. It's so good to talk about you. You're calling on our lives. Humble us, Lord. We just, we just 
I know it's a dangerous prayer, Lord, because you love to answer our prayers. But we do desire to be humbled. We want to know how great you are. And, and, and we cannot know how great you are unless we understand how lowly we are in comparison, Lord. Help us to understand the depth of your love for us in our lowliness. That we'd rise up in long-suffering for your body, for your family, for your children. That we deeply love them. Have long-suffering, bearing with each other in love. Not begrudgingly but in deep love for others. We'd walk in your peace. Hallelujah. Pursuing your peace. And pursuing the peace that only you can bring Jesus for the lost. Amen.